humans are returning. They're hunting us. What's our plan? This is our home. This is our family. This is our fortress. This is where we make our stand. We must protect the people. Let's get it done. Avatar The Way of Water. Experience it in 3D. Tickets on sale now. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jay. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. And uh, yeah, this is our uh, episode. Uh, we're going to be covering Avatar, the way of water. And uh, yeah, that's what it's called, right? The way of water? Correct, correct. Beat by beat, too. Every scene. Yeah, yeah. Avatar, the way of water. Um been waiting how long? 13 years for this one? Last one came out in 2009. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Crazy. I've got some interesting 2009 stats. You realize when the when the last Avatar came out, Heroes was still airing on TV? And that <laughs> Avatar came out the same year as Wolverine Origin. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jake and uh, Jake Sully and Nitiri, I don't know if I pronounced her name right, have formed a family and are doing everything to stay together. However, they must leave their home and explore the regions of Pandora. When an ancient threat resurfaces, Jake must fight a difficult war against the humans. Directed by James Cameron from a screenplay he co-wrote with Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, with a story the trio wrote with Josh Friedman and Shane Salerno, uh, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Stephen Lang, Joel David Moore. Um, Dalip Rao, uh, Matt Gerald reprised their roles from the original film with Sigourney Reaver returning in a different role. New cast members include Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, Edie Falco, and Jermaine Clement. And, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about this one. We're going to be rating it. I, real quick though, Jake, you finally got to see the, uh, Ant-Man and the, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer in IMAX 3D. Is that correct? I did. I did finally get to see it in 3D. And I, I did agree that the trailer was much more imposing and it felt a lot more special in 3D. I still didn't think the the backgrounds were awfully inspired, but like all the stuff going on in the foreground, the, the way Kang looked just floating, the rings spinning around, his platform, the helmets falling everywhere. Like the, the 3D was very, very good. I, I, I didn't need to even look at the the shitty backgrounds. There was so much other cool stuff going on. I mean, I, it's the fucking quantum realm. It looks like the fucking quantum realm that we've seen in, you know what I mean? In, in, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what else the fuck you wanted from it, but it's the fucking quantum. I thought it looked really good in 3D. That's the only way I'm going to be able to see this movie's in IMAX 3D. Yeah, I was surprised. It definitely looked very filmed in 3D and not like, you know, most post conversions don't really have that much kind of crazy stuff going on like this trailer had. It looked like they were thinking of 3D when they were shooting those shots. And I 
I just never got that watching it on my TV or on my phone or even in the theater in 2D. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. That was the first time I'd seen it in 3D as well, and it really blew me away. I'm, I'm usually kind of ambivalent about 3D. Um, don't usually go for the upcharge on it. And of all the batches of, of or of all the trailers in this batch that were 3D, that Quantum Mania one was the one that looked the best. I also got like the Super Mario Brothers movie and a couple other ones that were just just not memorable at all. And after seeing the Quantum Mania one, I was like, shit, I think I'm going to have to see this opening night in 3D. So mm. <laughs> I didn't get to see the Mario in 3D. Oh, I've seen them. Uh, I've seen both Mario trailers in 3D. Mm. Did you think it was kind of lackluster? Like I expected a lot more from it. Oh, uh, it didn't blow me away. I thought the what is it the the Mario Kart stuff looked pretty good, but yeah. um, you know I I think it it's the way I will be seeing the movie if it's if it's released in IMAX 3D 100. percent I'll probably watch it in 3D as well. So okay, it, right on. I, I'm just a 3D guy when it comes to animation, though, Joe. It doesn't matter what movie it is if it's animated and they're offering it in 3d i'm gonna see it in 3d so did you guys get the oppenheimer trailer i did yeah as well um it's nolan looks good uh and i got the the mission impossible stunt did you guys see that i did not get that i saw all the advertising that i would get it and did not yeah, I got it, and uh, fucking incredible, <laughs> incredible. Also got the Creed three stuff, and it was basically just with like Michael Jordan being behind the camera and him talking, and I wasn't really blown away with that. I was more impressed with Oppenheimer and the and the Mission Impossible. Oh my god, that Mission Impossible fucking stunt! Look, did you guys see that? I didn't. I didn't get that one. No, I didn't get that one either. Jeez, yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Did you guys? It was. I went to AMC. I did AMC IMAX 3D. Yeah, same. That's wild. I was at a a Marcus Theater. Yeah, I did it twice and saw the same trailers both times. Wow. Same. Wow. Yeah, I've seen this movie twice. I I saw it in IMAX 3D, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to see it in real 3D just to see if the 3D looks any bit different than the IMAX 3D. I will tell you that it looks better in IMAX 3D than it does in real 3D. It just looks better on a bigger screen. Um, and, uh, I think makes sense. I thought the high frame rate was fantastic too. So, um, I guess let's, yeah, let's jump into this one. Let's go ahead and just rate this one right out of the gate. I'll play a rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. I'll go ahead and rate this one. I know it right now it is so it's very in vogue to hate James Cameron um, to to go after this guy. He's one of these, you know, old directors that are, you know, bashing the Marvel movies. You know, I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't like the superhero genre movies and all this stuff. It's very popular. It's like, it's like, I think a lot of people are, when it comes to like somebody saying that they hate like the comic book movies and then we just all pile on them. And it's like, you know, I don't give a fuck. He's an old guy. 
I don't care if him, Scorsese, and fucking Quentin Tarantino don't like the superhero movies. I still enjoy their fucking movies. And um, it's very popular to hate Cameron now. And um, I still love the guy. I don't give a fuck. I still love the guy. I don't give a shit. I don't care what anybody says. I think he's a fucking great director. Um, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Avatar movie. Um, I still thought that he's a, he's a visionary and what he did was very impressive. The 3D fusion camera did change the game with the technology and 3D. And he's just, I mean, I look at what he did in the way of water and what he's been able to do with the, with, with Pandora in these water scenes. And it takes me back to like, like, what was it? 19. 89 when I'm watching the abyss for the first time and seeing what he's doing with water there and just seeing how much like even though he's like much older now he's still not pumping the brakes on his career and his visions and he's just going full throttle and I'm impressed by that I, I don't I, I I just I think the guy took a lot of the criticism from the first movie and I think he I think he did put together a better story in this one i did have some problems with the story uh it is a it's a and it's a long movie um but i didn't feel like it was a slog and i thought like you know when we did get the it's not action-packed throughout but i think what worked for this worked for me in this movie is the family unit as opposed to the first first movie it felt like we had you know um jake sully who was kind of like at odds with you know, the, 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 you know, with, with the government and then also at odds at times with the Navi. And I feel like in this one, he, he's now he's got his own family unit. And I thought the kids were wonderful, wonderfully acted. Um, and I did think it was kind of bizarre, like bringing Stephen Lang's character back and in, into an avatar in this one. But then it was like, it, it's also an interesting dynamic though, because he's, he's a, he's a human that's being brought into an avatar and he's more human than Navi. But then now he has a son who is human, but is more Navi than human. So the, 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 the dynamic between those two characters, even though I thought it was a, a weird choice to have like him have a son in this, I just thought, it was an interesting kind of like a uh, character exploration there between those two. And I like to call that kid. They call him spider in the movie. I like to call him avatar Zan. Um, <laughs> Space Tarzan. <laughs> so. I, you know, and I've always been a fan of the Tarzan character anyway, but um, I, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I, 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 I think it's, leagues better than the first one 20,000 leagues to be precise um bad joke anyway uh let's see here i i enjoyed it quite a bit i really i like i thought i thought the movie stepped up quite a bit story-wise and i kind of fell in love more with the water world side of this of of, of avatar than i did anything that was going on in the forest in the first one um and I think that I think what really made this movie work for me was the family unit. And of course, I think the special effects were just incredible. The 3D is incredible. Um, like the, uh, just, just, just 
when you think of like, you know, like Lord of the Rings, I love Lord of the Rings. They're on location in New Zealand. It's beautiful. This is like, he's made a whole new world. And I'm just like, every, every fucking scene, you're seeing stuff that doesn't even exist in the real world. Like when they first get into that fucking beach and you see, um, like those, it's like almost like these giant tree limbs that are surrounding the beach and shit. I'm just like, this doesn't exist anywhere on a map anywhere. And he, they've just created this and it looks so cool. Um, I, 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 there's so much eye candy in this movie, but I don't think that's where it stops. I think the story's a lot better. And I really, I really had a good time in the theater with this fucking movie. I think it's, I think it's so much better than the first one. And, uh, I think Cameron still got it. And I think it, I think a lot of people are gonna, are gonna shit on this movie and not like it. And I think they're gonna have other people that's gonna turn them around on it. I don't know. I, but I do think there's a lot of people, I think it's very popular right now to hate James Cameron and to like root against the guy. I don't give a fuck. My mom doesn't like fucking Marvel movies, but she doesn't have fucking people calling her out on Twitter, calling her a cunt and shit because she doesn't like Marvel movies. My my mom's never liked Marvel movies. Okay? She's never liked that shit. James Cameron just doesn't like that stuff. Whatever. It doesn't fucking affect me. Go ahead and make these fucking Avatar movies. I'm, I'm actually in now. I fucking enjoy it. It's not like, it's not like at the top of the, you know, of like my, of my franchises though. It's not like it's like fucking, you know, the Marvel movies, the, you know, Lord of the Rings, then Avatar. It's just like now it's got my attention now. I'm giving it a Tupperware. I really enjoyed this fucking movie quite a bit. I couldn't believe it. I never count out Cameron. I think he's great at sequels. Um, but I was really worried going into this one, but I was fully fucking entertained throughout. And I thought it was, I thought it was a fun, fun sequel so i'm gonna give it a tupperware i i really enjoyed it i think like um i think my biggest problem with it is just the character design of jake sully i think sam worthington i think he's a watching his performance in this one as like his voice and everything i think he sounds great i think his his avatar just looks as boring as he does in real life it's it's just (laughs) (laughs) because everybody else is so like animated and good in their face i just think his avatar looks so fucking boring and we're following this guy a lot but i think his kids were fucking great um zoe saldana's fucking great my god when she fucking cries for trees getting destroyed and shit like that oh my god she just she really she she really has just an insane performance in this. There's one of one of my favorite fucking scenes in this is and spoilers for fucking Avatar: The Way of Water is like you know the oldest boy is killed and the you know Jake Sully is is consoling her and saying hey we we've, we've got to stop them we've got to stop these guys we've got to fight now he's like I need you I need you. And like, there's like this fucking switch, man, that goes on. And we're watching like CG based mocap characters here. And Zoe Saldana, there's like this switch, man. She goes from being like this morning mother to like, to like this fucking demon possessed. And you I'm see, all- and you see her get on that fucking, you know, flying navy bird thing or whatever the fuck. And she looks like, and it looks like she's fucking like getting on her one of those fucking ring wraith dragon things from Lord of the Rings. And she's just going around. She's like, you know, using that bow and just taking people out. I was just like, that was fucking badass. Cameron does know how to write badass women. He does. 
Hands down. I don't care what people say. I know he didn't like Wonder Woman and all that shit, but proof is in the fucking pudding with this guy when it comes to like the way he writes uh, female badass characters. Look at Ripley. You look at fucking uh, uh, Sarah Connor in T2. Even in Terminator 1, she fucking starts she starts kicking some ass there. But I'm telling you, this guy knows how to write badass women, and he wrote a badass woman in this one. I thought she fucking kicked ass. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm at a Tupperware. And Joe, what did you think about uh, Avatar: The Way of Water? Yeah, when the when the first Avatar came around, I I didn't see it in the theater. I think I actually watched it on FX. And and my kids were young at the time, and so that was when Lindsay and I really only had like an hour to ninety minutes every evening where we could watch something that wasn't children's programming. And and so I think we watched Avatar over the span of three or four days. And <laughs> it was it, it didn't blow me away. The the first one, I, I thought the world that he built and everything like that was was really cool. I, I just in terms of, you know, kind of a, a, a sci fi, you know, with a little bit of a fantasy blend to it as well. Like it, it, it really worked for me just in terms of the concept. But with the story that he actually pulled off in it. You know, everybody and their brother will, will make the references to it's it's dances with wolves or it's Fern Gully. And, and it, it really is. It's a movie with somebody coming in that doesn't have any respect for, you know, these people that are native to this area that have a, a, a deep connection to the land. And then through various pitfalls, he learns and then, you know, becomes one of them by the end of it. It wasn't really anything new in terms of story, but the way it was presented was new. And the the technology he gave us was was pretty mind bending and all that. And so, you know, now 13 years later, when we get the sequel, I wasn't like chomping at the bit to go see this. And in fact, even sitting in the theater waiting for the movie to start, I'm just sitting there with my arms crossed, just kind of, all right, here we go. This is going to be three hours and, and 10 minutes of my life. Here we go. And within the first act, though, it, I started noticing myself smiling. And I'm like, shit, I'm getting really attached to these characters. And, and with the way that he runs through the beginning of the movie, just showing he's like keeps repeating that happiness is simple. And it's filling in these gaps in the story of what happened after the events of the first movie and they, we see the birth of his first son and his naming and the way that the, his family comes together. And then it all comes crashing down when they see these bright lights in the sky and they know that the sky people are coming back. And, and then it, it just kind of felt like, okay, now we're getting back into this same groove of what we had before, but now there's something different to it. There was a, an element that was missing in that first movie. And it was, it was his family because in the first one, it's like, well, he's the main character. He's probably not going to die. But I'm going into this being keenly aware of the fact that they have four kids. And maybe not all of these kids are going to make it through this movie. And so I'm just kind of at the edge of my seat through this whole movie, just being so worried about his kids. And there's so many different times where all of his children are put into this just this mortal danger. And the way that it finally shakes down. In that third act, when when he loses Nateo and he dies that that very heroic death, and I mean, oh geez, I'm jumping right over the whale scene too. The whale scene absolutely gutted me, and I just couldn't believe how emotional this movie made me. And then all of a sudden, like I've got tears streaming down my face. And I'm like, fuck, I am a hundred percent committed on this movie. He he came around 
and he won me over in this in a way that I didn't think was going to be possible because I went into it completely ambivalent. I was like, yeah, Avatar, it's cool that so many people like it, but I just don't see him being able to capture lightning in a bottle twice with this. And, you know, it remains to be seen if it's going to do the box office numbers. But I'll tell you what, man, he captured the spectacle of the first one and he he took it to the next level by putting it in the ocean. And the way that it worked with that 3D in moments where where it was like, you know, just random like jellyfish, things like that in the water, like it legit. It felt like a very immersive 3D experience that I haven't experienced in a very long time, I, I'd say the the last movie I saw that was this immersive with the 3D was like Into the Spider Verse, and and that one really blew me away. And I I you know I don't go in on the 3D that often, and the 3D in this one was really really spectacular, and it really did add to it. And man, but just the heart in this movie, and especially with that little scene at the end where they connect to the tree, and then they go and see Nateo again, and it's just like slipping back and forth between like his, you know, you know, older juvenile form and like the little kid form. And I was just a mess, just an absolute mess. When credits, credits finally started rolling I had to take my 3d glasses off and like use my sleeves to wipe all the tears off my face. Like this movie absolutely worked for me in that way. I, I did not expect this much heart to be brought with it. And, you know, when I go back and think of all the amazing James Cameron movies I've seen, like The Abyss is one of my favorite movies ever. Like I've lost track of the amount of times I've seen that movie. And so this one is just right up there with me for it. It's he did it again. And and I went from not giving a shit to, wow, I can't wait to see how this is going to shake down in the next one. I, I loved all the different characters in this. I loved how deeper they went into those stories and developing those characters. I I. I was shocked to see how they brought Stephen Lang's characters back, but I think we can kind of get into theories and stuff later. So I won't really touch on that yet, but I've got some, I got some theories and high hopes for what they're going to do with that character, especially with, with what they did between him and spider in this movie. I think it really sets up some stuff in the next movie that, that I'm pretty excited to see. And yeah, all in all, this was an absolute Tupperware for me. I I didn't think I was going to like it. And this has actually made me want to when when this eventually comes out and I can watch it at home, I will probably end up picking up a copy of the first one as well, just so I can have the whole set and and watch them all. I've never gone back and revisited the first one after watching it that one time. Um, It didn't put me at a disadvantage at all going into the way of water. I'm pretty good at remembering plot details. And so I remembered everything I needed to remember. And this movie didn't do too much. I mean, aside from cluing you in on actually what avatars are and what that process is and stuff. But otherwise this movie does a good job of just standing on its own. I don't think it's necessarily required watching to go back and watch the first one, but, but yeah, this one was great. It was a total Tupperware for me. All right. Uh, Jake, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I, I actually liked this a lot more than the first one as well. I'm not the biggest fan of the first one. I think it only really works as the IMAX 3D spectacle. And once you take that away from it, it's a shell of a movie and, and just borderline silly. Um, I, I agree with both you and Joe that this was definitely a I'm not going to say a tighter script because it definitely wasn't tighter, but it, it was a better script and it had more emotion. I, too, kind of fell in love with all the the kid characters um, especially Kiri. Like I, I'm very much like Joe. I was like 
oof, I think one of these kids is not going to make it. And if it's Curie, I'm going to be absolutely within a half an hour. If it was Curie, I would have been crushed. Um, I was just wowed by the mocap work that Sigourney Weaver did with that character. It was just so bizarre to hear her voice come out of that character and just so emotional to see them share a scene together even as well. really hit me right in the feels. Um, I thought, you know, visually, the high frame rate, the special effects, all that stuff is a Tupperware here. Um, I don't think the script and story and screenplay are perfect, but they're definitely much, much better than the last movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this a high taste it. Um, I don't know how I would feel about this movie without the 3d without the imax i definitely don't think it would be as high as a high taste it because i i did think a lot of the story was a little bit cheesy it definitely was 45 minutes to an hour too long i was not a fan of stephen lang's character that was probably my least favorite part of the movie i just thought he was a little bit too much of a, of a cartoony bad guy. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of his relationship with Spider. And I, I thought actually the, the child actor that played Spider was one of the, the weakest parts of the movie. Um, what do we got here? I thought that um, to introduce Edie Falco and Jermaine Clement as new characters, I was very excited about that. I think those are both fantastic actors. Um I expect we're going to see more of Edie Falco in the future movies, but I don't know. I thought it was a little bit of a waste of her talent. They made her a little bit over the top cheesy. And after the first act, I don't think you even ever see that character again. They kind of led me to believe that that character would be a little bit more of a uh, background kind of emperor Palpatine bad guy. And none of that ever seemed to pan out. And I was, even more confused with the Jermaine Clement casting. Um, I think he's primarily known for, you know, how funny and charismatic he can be. And I felt like they let him do none of that in this movie. I'm not sure if we're going to see that character again. Um, It felt like they were maybe teasing some kind of a moral compass 180 turn for him to have eventually. But but that never panned out. He never um, was on. He was a scientist. He was never on the side of those guys and what they were doing. The only he was a scientist and he was he was doing research on Pandora. He had to go along with what was going on here because of the his funding would have been cut off. Yeah, yeah, and I get all that, and I, you can see the the acting and the guilt on his face during some of the more horrific moments. Um, I think I, also, I think it was like a definitely when he's watching Spider react to like when they're hunting down that that sea creature, it's almost a look of shame and embarrassment that he has to go along with this kind of stuff. Being a man of science, I, I thought he I thought with what he was given, I thought he did a fantastic job personally. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually think he did well too. I, I just wish they would have given him more. I guess it just felt like not enough for him to chew on. Um, I wish they would have had more to do with Natiri. I thought she, like, I agree that the scene after her son dies was, was one of the best scenes. I wish they could have found a little bit more for her to do though. I guess you sacrifice a lot of the stuff you do with the kids, but maybe, maybe the kids can get kidnapped one last time or be in danger one last time to get, to get Natiri some more screen time. And, uh, I thought the whale stuff, it, it actually teared me up when, when we had the whale stuff, but I thought the build up to that was maybe a little bit too long as well. Um, it was very odd to me that we've kind of 
gotten rid of really caring a ton about the unobtainium and the whole thing seems like more of a revenge mission and now there's this entirely brand new substance that we're just finding out in this movie that you know comes from the whale's heads that lets you live forever or whatever i did did that stuff get named i forget what it was called they did have a name for it. I can't remember what it was called. It's like Amrosa or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, everything is just so visually pleasing and, and so much fun that when I'm in the movie, and I've watched it two times, I, I really only think about silly stuff after the fact. Like, I, I'm kind of just along for the ride while I watch it. And, I mean, I kind of went into this movie wanting to hate it. for So for me to turn around and be smiling and crying and, and actually have a good time and want to go see it a second time, I I was very surprised by that. I still can't Tupperware this thing because I feel like if you take away the, the 3D IMAX that this movie's not a high taste it to me. I don't think I can tolerate three and a half hours of this without the visuals, the way they were presented to me, the way I saw them. But, um, yeah, I was very delightfully surprised at, at how good this was. And I, I, too, got a lot of James Cameron vibes in that third act. Um, not just the abyss, but I, I had a lot of Titanic vibes as well. Oh, yeah, with the, the ship sure. flipping over. And then also I got a lot of Terminator vibes with the explosions going on inside. And, and, and basically anything inside there you can use as a weapon, you know. So, yeah. 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 Um, oh, the, the um, substance is called Amrita, which okay. – at- Amrita is Amrita, Amrit, or Amada in Pali is a Sanskrit word that means immortality. It is a central concept within Indian religions and is often referred in an ancient Indian text as an elixir. So I found that that's interesting. I also was the only one in my I saw this movie the very first possible time you could see it opening day. And um, I applauded when the uh, when the whale hunter got got killed, and I, I was met by crickets in my crowd. Oh, dude, his <laughs> fucking arm got ripped off too. Fuck yeah, awesome. I clapped like a like a fucking buffoon, and everyone was like, mm, "Be quiet." <laughs> yeah, I cheered, and I was the only one in my cinema to make any mo- any noise. And I'm like, "Really? The guy was so hateable." Yeah, I actually wish they would have killed Stephen Lang characters off. I that character really annoyed me. I I don't care what goes on in the future movies with him i do i do and here you know what fuck it i'm gonna jump into that right now since you brought it up i yes let's do it because i want to hear what i want to hear what you have to say paul about your rating and everything but before i forget i think what we're seeing with his character the government is this corporation is using uh these navi avatars these these military men to to kind of like um take over Pandora and, and and use it for its resources. I think if we see in a future movie that they start they start winning, they start getting what they want and they start terraforming the earth, uh, t- terraforming Pandora and people are starting to live there with the uh, the inhabitants of Pandora, the Navi that they're not that they're not going to have a use for these He's going to find out very – he's going to find out that they're not going to have a use for them anymore. And I think that they're going to see that they're going to be treated differently. It, it almost like almost like like racially, specially different. Like they're racist, specious against them, the same people that have helped them fight the Navi. 
And I think his character is going to be pushed over onto the side of the Navi. I think that they're going to have to. I I agree with that. Mm -hmm. That's, I hate that though. I don't want this character to have any kind of redemptive arc. This character is shitty. Like, I don't know how recently you've seen the first movie, but they're talking about making six to seven of these movies. And I think we're going to be watching the Navi over generations. I think by the time we get into the next movie, like, the kids are going to be, you know, adult, maybe even more adults or older. Um, you know, they kind of tease that the, the one, you know, boy who survived has a relationship with, is going to have a future relationship with this, you know, this, uh, girl from the Moana tribe and, and, um, Moana tribe. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> they just, anyway, that, that, that they'll have kids and we're going to watch these, you know, these, this family grow over the, over the, over generations. And, um, I, I think we'll see an older spider and we'll see his relationship. I, I, Joe, are you with me on this one? I think it's interesting. No, that's the exact same place that I was going with this dude is that the way that they have this set up is that he, over the course of this movie, he grudgingly becomes, he grudgingly comes to recognize and love his son. Whether I mean, he's saying out loud that he doesn't want to. And then his son saves his life, but then like, like spurns him or like, it's like, no, you know, he hisses at him and then dives away. And so they're setting up for him to do a heel turn in the next movie. And he because he's in this movie, he's basically went through the same journey that Jake Sully went in the first one. Yes. But he didn't fall in love with a Navi woman that then helped kind of pull him over the rest of the way. He didn't, he only had his son showing him from like a human's point of view, who's observed Navi, all of this stuff. And, you know, we saw him get to experience the wonder in this. And I like the idea, Brian, what you were coming from saying that if humans gain more of a foothold, he's going to become a second class citizen fast. Because in his mind, he might still think like, oh, I'm a human. But it's like to note everybody else, you're what? not. You, you yes. are an avatar body. You this, this world that you're helping create for humanity, you're not going to have a place in it. We don't have a use for you anymore. And now we look at you as being different and not part of what we have going on for the future. Like, exactly. We don't want I you. agree with that. I just – I don't – are you guys ready to feel sorry for him because of that? I'm ready for – James Cameron to give us a character arc to where, I mean, he could, he could potentially redeem himself. Yes. I'm ready for that. Yeah. Yes. He's been same here. It worked for Darth yeah. Vader. Yes. Can it work for this exactly. guy? Yeah. My, my last note I have real quick before we get to Paul is I thought it was a, it was a funny, but a brilliant stroke by James Cameron to do the little bit in the first act where we've got, um, Jake Sully talking about that he's heard Navi so long that now he just hears English. And it was kind of a nice little escape route to where we didn't have to have an entire movie mostly put on Pandora filled with subtitles. I I thought that was most movies don't even bother trying to like Star Wars does not give a shit about any of this. And I thought that was a it was just one little throwaway line, but it made it perfectly acceptable that we were going to be hearing all these Navi speaking in English. Well, I like Navi kids saying stuff like that they've learned from their dad, like, you know, like penis, penis breath head. or penis head or whatever. <laughs> I was, it was interesting to hear like these Navi kids, you know, still kind of talking Navi, but then on the flip side using like almost like 
English slang that they learned from their father, which I thought yeah, was like cool. Yeah, like saying bro all the time. Yeah. Where it's like, are they in the tracksuit mafia? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a stroke of genius, though, to actually have that that one line to absolve everything later on that people would complain about. Yeah. Uh, Paul, let's get your thoughts, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I had no plans of, of seeing this until you texted me, and I wanted to be on, so I wanted to see it. But, uh, you know, when the first one came out, I walked out of that theater saying, oh, this is the greatest thing I ever saw, and it was it was just because of the spectacle. Like, I'd never seen anything – in 3d like that before with like all those floating things throughout the whole movie, you just kind of felt like you were there. And then when it came on DVD, I watched it. And like Jake said, like it's a shell of itself. It's like, Oh, this is just a bad rip off of Fern Gully. Um, and I just had no excitement to see this movie. And then you hear reports like, Oh, you know, Stephen Lang is coming back and Sigourney Weaver is going to play a 14 year old. And I'm just like, Oh, all this is, sounds like it's shaping up to just be a terrible fucking movie. Um, you know, and then it was nice going in. Like we have had tons of 3d movies since avatar, nothing, you know, quite exactly the way he did it, uh, because he pretty much built the cameras and everything, the technology for that movie. But, um, you know, and like, I think it worked for me in this one that, I've kind of had more experience with the 3D and seen, you know, grand movies close to Avatar. So it's not like I was just distracted by all the visuals in this movie where I could really just sit down and enjoy it. And I had a fucking blast watching this movie. Uh, I love kind of like I kind of love the Terminator type of thing in the beginning where now we're seeing like Stephen Lang's character waking up the same way Jake Sully woke up as an avatar. Uh, you're just kind of like, what the fuck's happening here? I loved all of that. Um, I loved fucking Sigourney Weaver's character. I love kind of the mystery around it. I thought she was such a great presence and kind of her little powers or her connection to Pandora was, uh, so much fun. Um, you know, the family element really was the big reason why I did, Love this movie. I was really enjoying it. And then the whale scene happened and it was, you know, terrifying and just terrible what was going on. But, man, I'm just sitting there like, OK, where's the redemption? And one of my favorite characters is I don't know the name of the species of whale and I don't know the name of the outcast whale. But when, you know, they're going back and, you know, like his his buddy, the son is is in trouble and he's just underwater getting pissed off and slammed into rocks you know, shit's about to happen. And I just loved, I loved the payoff for that terrible traumatizing scene. We got of them killing, uh, you know, the whale. And then you go back and you see that the calf is dead. It's like, what the fuck? Um, and I love the new characters. I thought Cliff Curtis and Kate Winslet were scene stealers in their own right. I just love kind of their own tribe how they were outsiders like Jake was, but yet they're still able to bring them in. Like, like they still, they're not going to shit on somebody in need. And one thing that I really took note of this is, uh, especially with watching like Thor love and thunder with a lot of the forced humor, there was some really funny parts in this that I don't even think were forced on us. And uh spoiler, Steve talked about this too, but I remember laughing my ass off in the theater when during the final fight scene, we you know when the going on her primal rage 
and you see that guy get hit with a bow and the little girl just looks up. She sees the quills on it and she goes, mom's here. I, I fucking, I fucking pissed my pants in the theater, but I, I just, I thought this was a fantastic movie. The end scene Joe talked about had me in in a broken mess, but I was expecting to hate this movie. I don't know if that's why I love it so much, but it is a total Tupperware. I, you know, I saw it twice. I would love to see it again. And I just had the most fun with this. It, it, it blew every, every expectation I had going into this. Uh, James Cameron is still just, I, he's still a master at his craft. That's all I'm going to say. He knows say. how to do sequels, man. He, he definitely knows how to do sequels. Yeah. And I think he knows how to raise the bar and push the fucking limits of this technology as well. I, I, that's what I love is he's like, He's always trying to be a pioneer when it comes to special effects and, and what you, what you see. Cause there, I mean, I go back and I watched the first one. I saw it on Disney plus, you know, before this came out, cause I wanted a refresher. And I was just like, man, these effects looked amazing the first time I saw them in the theater in 3D 13 years ago. But it just, it just felt like I was watching, you know, a video game now and, but this one, like there's scenes where they're out in the jungle and it's raining and you can, everything looks tactile and real. Like the, the rain drops beating on their skin. And it, it, I was just blown away. Let's talk about, I, I do want to talk about Sigourney Weaver's character, um, of, uh, Kiri. And she is born from Dr. Grace Augustine's avatar. And I think it, I don't think that there was a spouse. Remember at the end, they, 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 she went with, uh, their God, Awe, right? And yes. mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think it's an immaculate conception. I think that, that she Same. is mm-hmm. sort of like, like now kind of like this world's version of Neo where she can, she's been created of Dr. Grace Augustine's body, but she's, she's, she's the child of Awe. And like basically can, can like kind of like the chosen one, Neo here. And I, I, I'm really interested to see what this character is going to be able to do. It was just cool. She would be, be able to plug into different parts of Pandora's environment and then control it. Like she's controlling a video game, like that scene under the water where she's just grabbing those guys in those uh, underwater subs and crushing them like tin cans and then crushing their bodies and shit. I was just like, okay, she's, she's become Neo. <laughs> That's incredible. I hadn't yeah. made that connection with the Neo part. I love it. Yeah. I also I like just, how like so many of the Navi saw her as an outcast and not just the Navi, even the, even the, the humans as well. Like she was like some kind of like, bastardization of this species and i think that's cool storytelling that at the end of the day she very well could be like the one that just unites everyone like that she's so connected to their god but like so many of the other navi look down upon her as some kind of freak of nature yeah they call them like the the ones that uh from are from the avatars that are humans they call them they say they have like demon blood is it because they have uh four fingers and a thumb as opposed to the navi who have three and a thumb yeah that's one of the big identifiers it seems like they they definitely make fun of that any chance they could get and you know they look down upon that and for that character to be the one that you know eventually is so connected to to their livelihood i think is a cool story twist yeah yeah i had the i had the same thoughts uh because i know 
you know, like they're making jokes about in the movie that that Joel Edgar Moore, whatever his name is, was the dad because he was just always creepishly behind Sigourney Weaver's character. That <laughs> was, I was I was dying at that shit, man. That, <laughs> that was, was funny. funny. But, uh, you know, and there was people online like, being like, oh, I hope we find out who the dad is. And I thought it was kind of explained almost in the first one, because like you definitely see like the mother tree trying to make some connections between the human form and the avatar form. And the lady, you know, uh, Naturi's mom says, oh, her body was weak. But I think there was enough that got through for that avatar to kind of, you know, quote unquote, be impregnated by Iwa or Yue or however you say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so I like I, I almost don't want there to be any more like. Like, just kind of like, let's leave it at that. Cause there's some people like, oh, I really hope we find out who the dad is. Like, just look at what she's doing. Like, you know, what you said, she's kind of control. She's has a little bit of say of what like the wildlife and animals are doing on Pandora just by plugging in. I love the, the free willy connection that Loak, the second son, had with like that big whale creature. I thought it was yeah, that was I, incredible. I loved that. I loved him talking like I'm. I'm your friend. I'm here to help you. Like you know, and you know, tell me, tell me why you're an outcast. And I loved you know even just seeing uh, Loak through that character's eye too. The way the, the way the visual on that looked really cool. So um, I loved that relationship. Uh, the way that they filmed the the whalers. And going after those those big Pandora whales um, was it was it was almost like a nature documentary, like one of those you know the way it was shot. It was like Jacques Cousteau. And yeah, shit. yeah. It, it, it was it was wild. The, <laughs> the biggest thing that took me out of it though was the guy with the fucking tattoos, looking like he was the Rock. Um, <laughs> I kept calling him the Pebble. Um, throughout the, (laughs) when I was, that guy took me out of it. But even the, oh, there's the scene where, um, the, the one sea creature is going after Loak and Loak is like hiding behind the coral and just the way that fucking thing moved. It's like whoever, you know, was involved in the VFX for these underwater creatures really paid a lot of respects to like underwater creatures that, we have in the existing world. It was just incredible to, it, it felt like you were watching something that was real uh, under the water, but none of this exists. I was just, I was, <laughs> I was blown away. It was, it was incredible. I could just, I could just watch scenes of underwater Pandora for hours. Cause I feel like, Oh yes. Bring on the screensavers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, Joe, you, I know you wanted to talk a little bit more about Stephen Lang's character and like how that, or was that you, Paul? How, how that, how all that happened? Oh, oh. yeah. Well, I know I had mentioned something earlier and, and I kind of brought it up in, in what you were saying with that character. Um, one of the things I didn't mention though was James Cameron had had a quote on when they were bringing back Stephen Lang. And in that quote, he makes it sound like that character is going to be having a heel turn coming up also. Oh, really? So that I just I really, really feel like we are going to see that turn in that character. I think that that everything was set up for it in this movie and you're going to see it go down by the end of the next movie. Why do you keep calling it a heel turn? 
because face he's turn face turn. yeah face turn okay a heel turn means he turns into a bad guy he already is one okay face turn sorry yes <laughs> yes dummy <laughs> i was confused I, I i was taking him at face value and thought he was going to get even more evil <laughs> i was like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah, i was i was thinking of it too literally and not like heel heel is the a type of character <laughs> i was like no it's just meaning that you know he's just gonna have a turnaround he's not going to be he's gonna switch sides is is all i was saying yeah face turn there we go yeah you dumb fuck <laughs> Stupid piece of shit. I was Big trying dumb, to lend a helping head. hand. I, I wasn't calling him a dumb fuck. I'm just doing this for comedy's <laughs> sake, Jake. <laughs> you leave Joe alone. Can't we? Can't we? Can't we lambaste Joe when he fucks up, Jake? What happened oh, to yeah, you? Can, what happened to you? When did you become so fucking soft? When did you? When did your face turn happen, you little bitch? <laughs> 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 Jake, you were talking about Edie Falco and how she was kind of underused in this movie. Did you see this Variety article? It was titled – Oh, I did. I did. Edie, oh, it was awesome. Edie Falco shot Avatar 2 so long ago, she thought it had already got released and flopped. Um, yeah. Yeah. During a recent interview on ABC's The View, Falco revealed she shot her scenes in Avatar The Way of Water over four years ago. So much time went by in between filming and the 2022 release date that Falco had simply assumed the movie opened in theaters already and just didn't perform too well. Quote, I saw the first one when it was out. The second Avatar I shot four years ago. I've been busy and doing stuff. Somebody mentioned Avatar and I thought, oh, I guess it came out and it didn't do very well because I didn't hear anything about it. It happens. Someone recently said, Ava- someone recently said, Avatar is coming out. And I said, oh, it hasn't come out yet. I will, <laughs> I will never work again because I said that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, the clip's worth watching. She was very funny talking about it. Yeah. She, she, she didn't realize she was going to be a human character. She said, I wanted to be blue. I was excited I'd be blue and very tall. I didn't get either of those things. <laughs> yeah, maybe next movie. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, the spider character, it was a weird choice. I wasn't the biggest fan of that actor either, Jake. Um, I, I, I kind of just let it slide. He looked like fucking uh, Anthony Kiedis in that give it away fucking video. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. I – I thought the the first, like the younger version seemed okay. And when they aged him up in that scene, I instantly was like, oof, I don't know about this. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was I, laughing. Did you see uh, James Cameron was uh, kind of taking, taking shitting on Stranger Things a little bit, talking about how he filmed all three movies at once so they didn't have the Stranger Things effects with his child actors? <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's like, yeah, you know, I, I like what they're doing with the characters, but come on. They all look like they're 29 now. You go back. You go back and you listen to PCL. And I said back then that they should have fucking filmed like three seasons at once because these kids are going to get older. And look at them, man. Look at them, man. They, they're fucking old as shit now. God damn. <laughs> the, yeah. the problem was is they didn't – like the difference is, is James Cameron wrote everything before he started casting the people where the Stranger Things people, they, I don't think they ever expected to even do a season two. Finn Wolfhard right. is as tall as one of these fucking Navi. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was – I was, I'm hoping like – I'm hoping like Avatar – by the time they get to like Avatar 5 – 
they just cut away from all this fucking shit on Pandora and they start drafting some of these Navi to play in the NBA. I want to see – you got to think NBA scouts are fucking drooling over the Navi, right? This is where the uh, Monstars from the Space Jam movie came from. <laughs> God damn. They're actually Navi. <laughs> yeah. I want to see like Avatar 5 is like they, they, they draft one of these guys to play center for the LA Lakers, you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just, um, you know, I, you talked a little bit about the, uh, the James Cameron of it all. And, you know, you know, it's, I don't care that he shits on the superhero movies either. I just find it extremely strange. Like, and I've said this before, like, I get why the Tarantinos and the Scorseses do it, but I feel like Cameron is almost the grandfather of kind of the archetype that is the MCU. Like for him to like to me, I don't see any kind of a storytelling difference between Avatar and MCU movies like bleeding genres together and doing horror, comedy, drama, romance, emotion all together. Like the things that a lot of MCU movies do to me very much stem from the stuff James Cameron did in Terminator and Aliens and Abyss even like I I just find it so strange that someone that thematically makes movies so similar that he would shit on him so much he's an old he's an old man let him get away with it can we just let old men get away with some shit you know i i, I do <laughs> I, I let the ones that don't make movies in this genre i do it's weird it, it'd be like if fucking the russo brothers in 30 years were like uh these image comic movies oh what the fuck you know it's like james cameron is making the same genre of movie what in the world yeah I know. settle I know. down yeah yeah, I get it. I get it. It, it is it is weird that Cameron's going to make these statements. I I think maybe is he is he just saying shit for shock value to piggyback off of uh, to get to pump his movie up to get his shit out there to get more. Headlines? Yeah, I think that is a little bit. I mean, this is the I'm king of the world guy. And like if he just wants to shit on the pure technical aspect, I get that. But he's definitely doing more than that. Oh, he is. He's definitely doing more than that. He recently was quoted as telling Matt Damon to get over it because Matt Damon was offered the same. Yeah, I, read, I read that article as well. <laughs> yeah. Let me explain to the listeners. Like he was Matt Damon was offered the Sam Worthington role of Jake Sully and he turned it down. He had uh, I think he was wor- working on one of the Bourne movies. He, he was a, so he couldn't do it. And now Matt Damon has come out and said, you know, you know, I missed out on that, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and there's, so there's a quote out there where Cameron tells Matt Damon to get over it. And it sounds really mean, but I think on the flip side, it's, it's just poking fun at it. Like, dude, you're one of the biggest fucking stars in the world. You don't need this. Get over it. It's, I don't think he's just like, yeah, fuck you, Matt. You, you couldn't do my movie. Get over it. I don't think it's like that. I think it's a little bit more playful than that. A little more tongue, tongue in cheek, you know? I agree. I agree with that. And I mean, yeah, Matt Damon doesn't need it at all. Fucking Sam, what's his name? Definitely needs Sam that. Worthington <laughs> needs this fucking movie. Like Sam nobody's who's, Sam. Who's the fuck? Yeah, needs this. Who's the fuck? <laughs> did you uh, did you guys see the video of him leaving one of these premiere screenings? And there's a bunch of fans like by the exit with a bunch of stuff for him to sign. And he just like kept walking. So everyone starts booing him. And he gets in his car and he rolls on the window and he's just giving him the double bird the whole time the car's leaving. 
What? Wow, what a douchebag. No shit. God. Yeah, the whole crowd just started booing when he wasn't like signing or shaking hands. He just <laughs> pretended nobody was there. They yeah. start booing. He gets like in his Escalade. And then you just see the window come down. He's got like his middle finger, both middle fingers just sticking out the windows. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, if you won't take me with my Clash of the Titans and you don't get me for my way of the water. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dude, I remember reading an interview with him years and years ago. I think it was in an issue of Maxim magazine. And he just came off as the most arrogant fucking prick in that interview. Like I wasn't impressed by the time I was done with it. He was talking about meeting other actors and being like, yeah, I've seen this that you've done and I've seen that. And the other actors being like, why would you go and watch every one of my movies? He's like, because now I know everything you can do, but you don't know anything I'm capable of. And it's like, because nobody knows who the fuck you are. Why are you being a dick to everybody? Yeah, if it wasn't for Avatar, this guy would be deader than Taylor Kitsch. Oh, man. Like, no, it wasn't Sam Worthington flipping off the fans. It was James Cameron. Oh, what? Oh, <laughs> it was James. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. I thought you were saying Sam Worthington, and I was like, now Damn. it's not even a shocking story. No, I, no, it was James Cameron. I was confused that you guys thought he was talking about fucking Sam Worthington. I did the entire time. I thought he was talking about <laughs> Sam, Sam Worthington would have been signing everything outside of that theater. So who, Joe? You were talking about Sam Worthington in the, in the Maxim interview. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Years okay. ago, I read an interview with oh, him, and Jesus. like where he just came off as a total dick in that interview, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like par for the course for James Cameron. <laughs> and then you turn the page and masturbated. Did you guys hear? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I bought it for the articles. <laughs> that was the, uh, the that was the Melissa Joan Hart issue, wasn't it, Joe? <laughs> Joe Joe's like, Cliff, I got something you can do some explaining about a little <laughs> bit later. To do. Yeah. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> uh, did you hear about Kate Winslet and how long she held her breath for these scenes? Yeah, she beat Tom Cruise's record. She beat Tom Cruise. Yeah. She, yeah, she set a new record. Seven minutes and 14 seconds. So she beat Cruise's record. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, um, she swore that she would never work with James Cameron again after Titanic. Yeah, she fucking lied. You're a fucking liar, Kate Winslet. <laughs> yeah, she's been asked about that during all the press junkets. And uh, she said that uh, ever since Titanic, Cameron's been a great friend, sends the best Christmas gifts, sends the best birthday gifts, always ask about the family, and that her kids basically begged her to be in the Avatar movie when she, she was given the chance. After this movie, he gave her double th- fingers, the double middle oh, finger. <laughs> <laughs> he gave her double birds on the way out. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna hold these up for seven minutes and fourteen seconds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a good fucking fifty minutes since you tried to pull off a joke, buddy. Jesus. Uh, you know what? When they hit, they hit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. One, one's brewing. Paul's like, yeah, when, when you shit the bed, they really shit the bed, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I liked it, man. I really enjoyed this fucking movie. I wouldn't mind seeing this one again on the theater. I want to see it again in IMAX 3D. I, real 3D, it was fine. But the, I think the, the bigger the screen, the more you're immersed in Pandora, the better, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I thought that the music was better. 
in this yeah. one than the first one. I thought I thought Horner really killed it with the score here. Yeah, the score was fantastic. I don't know. Is there anything else that we want to touch on? Joe, is there anything else you wanted to touch on in the movie and maybe things going forward? I'm not sure. Just that that action packed third act was oh, God, just so yes. exciting. And and when when you really saw um Natiri cut loose when she was fighting on the deck of that ship, like the the fight the where where Spider's kind of like hiding from her because she's going full savage. I just thought that was incredible. And you know, you'd mentioned that about Zoe Saldana's performance earlier, and she really killed it. Yeah. In this, I mean, she was just so expressive through the mocap and everything. But that scene really blew me away. Just what these Navi can do to people, to humans when they're really pissed off. It's like, well, yeah, they're like fucking nine feet tall, hella strong. And I mean, she's grabbing it. It, it was reminiscent of the scene at the beginning of Winter Soldier when Cap's running across the, that ship, just taking people out, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed watching, you know, the forest Navi learn the way of the water, you know, and throughout this entire oh, movie that whole montage was fantastic yeah it, it was really cool just like watching uh the kids you know learning to swim and then having to go back up for air and then wondering like why is kiri able to do it a little bit longer um and then and then uh uh them riding those underwater creatures and uh trying to hold on and and then, <laughs> and then even Jake Sully training later and, 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 uh, and having difficulties. But, uh, no, I, I like that scene a lot too. But at the end where like the, you know, the chief of the water people is like, you know, no, you're, you're one of us now. You know, your son, your son is with us. Your, your, your son has been buried here. You're one of us now. I was just like, I was actually really happy to hear that they're not going to be going back to the forest people, that they're going to be part of this. Um, this water tribe, I, I, that makes me excited for the future of the franchise. I heard, uh, I read an interview with Cameron where he said in Avatar three and in four, we'll be exploring brand new tribes. I'm sure. Yeah. So it made me wonder, like it's the forest tribe in the first one. It's the water tribe in the second one. Do you think we'll do like a fire-based tribe at all? I was thinking, that's what I was thinking. I was like, come on, let's not do every fucking like the, all the elements. Yeah, let's not yeah. do that. I, I thought that was kind of stupid. I was thinking about lava, to, like lava volcanic ones as well. And, yeah, uh, like the red Navi. I was thinking maybe somebody like deep in like the like mountains and caves and something like that, you know. That's interesting too, like the earth Navi. Yeah, like underground or something, so... That would be that would be really cool in 3D to like journey to the center of Pandora. Yeah, if they could do it like you know, like we saw with the dwarves and fucking the Lord of the Rings and shit, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be cool. But um, yeah, James Cameron was quoted on when we should expect Avatar three. He said it's been five years of basically unbroken production, right? So we started in September 2017, and we made essentially completed all production photography and capture on two basically two and a half movies, Avatar 2, 3, the first part of 4, and then we posted The Way of Water, and now we're going to post 3. So it won't be 13 years until the next one. If everything works out, it should be only another two years. So that's nothing. So possibly two years from now, we could be watching Avatar 3, The Way of the Lava. Nah, <laughs> the, way of, the Life of the Lava. <laughs> 
So, yeah. That's exciting that we won't have to wait that long. And and I'm sure it'll do nothing but help, you know, audiences that there there won't be that 13-year gap where people are trying to remember what they loved about the first one. You know, two years, that's still really fresh in people's memories. He's talking about – I saw this article from Dark Horizons 2. It's uh, titled Cameron Teases Avatar for Nuttiness. Oh, I read this. With the premiere of Avatar The Way of Water having taken place in London this week, those involved have been doing press for the past few days and talking up the first of four sequels to James Cameron's 2009 sci-fi juggernaut. As we know, a third Avatar has already been shot and is coming in 2024. A fourth has been partly shot and a fifth is planned. Whether the fourth and fifth will be done will entirely depend on the success of the second and third film. Cameron spoke with Collider this week about his writing process, which included having all the screenplays for the future films written before going into production on any of the films. Cameron cites Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy as his model. Quote, my model was what Peter Jackson did with the Lord of the Rings, which was crazy, which was a crazy bet in its time. And really hats off to that, that they took that chance to launch on all three of those films. But he had the books mapped out. So we could always show the actors what they need to know about their character arc. So I, I felt I had to do the same thing. I had to play this as if the books already existed. So the only way for us to do that was to write all the scripts and let the actors read all the scripts and see where their characters were going and what it all meant. As a result, it meant they were filming multiple sequels at the same time with them shooting parts two, parts three, parts four on any given day. But having the scripts all done meant the actors could see where it was all going and remain motivated and enthused. Quote, the story's a corker. By the time we get down to four and five, if we're so lucky, knock on wood to get that far, which is obviously driven by market forces, we have to be successful. I can't tell you the details, but all I can say is that when I turned in the script for two, the studio gave me three pages of notes. And when I turned in the script for three, they gave me pages. Uh, they gave me a page of notes. So I was getting better. When I turned in the script for four, the studio executive, creative executive over the films wrote me an email that said, holy fuck. And I said, well, where are the notes? And she said, there are, those are the notes because it's, it kind of goes nuts in a good way, right? Uh, you think you know what it's about and then, oh no, you don't. I hope I get to make that film is what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, sounds like, uh, Sounds like a big change is going to happen if we get to uh, if we get to part four. So I'm looking forward to to seeing. I'm smelling an Avi joining the NBA with those quotes, dude. Dude, let's do this. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I want I want to see one of them join the fucking L.A. Lakers. I want to see I want to see the I want to see a fucking Navi jersey hanging up in the rafters at the uh, Staples Center. By the end it of would that. be like the it would be like the Lakers to be the first team to adopt one of these guys. Of course it was Genie yeah. Bu- <laughs> Genie Bus's head floating in one of those fucking glass <laughs> bottles. <laughs> anyway, I don't, that's all I got. I don't know. Do you guys have any final thoughts on the old Avatar: The Way of Water? Um, no, I um, have a question. Oh, sorry. I was going to say this, I, you know, I brought this up previously, but I think this is our first ever movie podcast where the, the podcast is shorter than the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That makes sense. What do you say, Paul? Um, 
the first time I saw this, I I don't know if I was just kind of looking at a weird angle, but when uh, Naturi has Spider with the knife to his throat and then she cuts his chest, was I the only one that actually thought she slit his throat at first? Yeah, I didn't think that. Oh, I thought it. I'm, a dumb, I'm the dumb dumb. Sounds like angle problems. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like leaning over in my seat. I was into it. I'm like, oh shit, did she actually just kill him? Because I saw like the blood in the line. I'm like, oh no. And then Paul's kid looked at him and said, "Daddy's fine." <laughs> yeah, I mean, she slapped <laughs> me around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hazel looked at Paul and said, "Get a grip, Dad. He's fine. Get a grip, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Anthony Kiedis is gonna be all right, buddy." <laughs> then he cheated. No, man. Uh, I was looking up his IMDb credits. He is kid on bike in Endgame. When uh, oh, fucking kid on bike, dude, kid dude. on bike. When when Ant Man's like, "What's going on here?" And the kid just looks up. That's his only other acting credit. Oh man, do you think kid on bike was involved involved in the snap? Do you think <laughs> I've I've thought about that for years? Yeah, I've always <laughs> wondered if he if he was blipped or not. Kid on bike, Marvel, the new Disney Plus show. <laughs> Kid on bike. Kid on bike. <laughs> Guys, we've got eight eighteen oh. episodes of Kid on bike. <laughs> Our longest series yet. No, it's nineteen episodes. One up on Daredevil. Better yeah. get that TVMA. <laughs> You get eight different bikes that will premiere. I was just gonna say that. Eight different bikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It was a Huffy in the first one. Schwinn. Now they're going full Schwinn. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh man. Do you think they're gonna have to de-age kid on bike? <laughs> <laughs> Cameron comes out and he's like, you know, finally, the MCU has finally put out something I can respect. That Kid on Bike series was fantastic. (laughs) My whole family gathers around the TV to watch Kid on Bike. (laughs) (laughs) Premiere event television. Instead of the Marvel logo spinning around with the characters, you just see, like, spokes. Yeah, yes, yes. (laughs) And different... And just and they just show that one fucking scene of kid on bike from Endgame. <laughs> the villain is actually a mutated version of the baseball card that he put in his bike spokes, and it was just tired of getting. <laughs> it's a it's a kid who doesn't wear a helmet when he's out there no. on his bike. <laughs> no, it's the tricycle. Ooh. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, <laughs> oh shit! The 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 fucking the uh, the 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 like the show quote like the show whatever is like uh, no more training wheels. <laughs> Kid on bike. No more training. Wheels. The training wheels are off. The training wheels are off. Kid on bike coming this June to Disney Plus. Co-starring Aubrey Plaza. Still better than Moon Knight. In Schwinity War. In Schwinity War. Oh, that's. <laughs> 
<laughs> Paul, you always come through at the end of these at episodes. The end. So strong. Yeah. He did say he had one brewing. <laughs> what a payoff. Oh. <laughs> that was the best joke of the episode. <laughs> in in any Wars. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> The Inshwinity Saga. (laughs) (laughs) God. Anyway, man. Yes, I am ready to put this fucker to bed. I'm also ready to put myself to bed. Um, Joe wanted to thank you for joining us on this episode. Where can people find you, dude? Yeah, you can find me on StarkCast. I'm having one-on-one conversations with people. It's just kind of free flowing conversation it just kind of goes wherever it goes um last episode i have i had uh, clayton galeski from the leftover army on and i uh, had a great time talking with clayton i thought it was funny that you said free flowing in the least free flowing way i've ever heard free flowing <laughs> <laughs> paul <laughs> yeah where can people find you uh, Apple Oranges and the Cine Dudes with Jess Candelori. Oh, wow. You sound excited as fuck for that. Yeah. I, want you, I want you to get to bed, man. You can find, uh, you can find it. Either. Oh, God. <sighs> <sighs> oh, no, man. I'm serious. After that fucking endorsement, after that, fu- mm-hmm. you know what I mean? People are just, they can't wait to listen now. Oh, wow. He's told us can't so much. Okay. You don't have to say free flowing <laughs> like Joe. You can. You know, yeah, no, no. What do you guys talk about? What do you guys talk about on the Cine Dudes? Uh, We pick uh, uh, one of our favorite guilty pleasures from the 90s. We play it. We watch along and we just kind of shoot the shit about some of the facts about the movie, why we like it. And it's usually just us bullshitting the whole time. Uh, It's a fun time. And sometimes we get guests on to join us for those. That's how you do a plug. That's how you do a fucking plug. You don't just fucking just brush that shit off. (laughs) Sorry. It's a no. It's an insult to me when I ask you where can people find you and you're like. I wasn't trying to insult you. It's an insult to me because I give you the floor. I'm giving you the fucking floor to fucking pimp your fucking shit, to pimp your fucking ride, your bike. And you fucking you just you can find us. Want to make it quick. You said you want to. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you should be fucking it sorry. Even longer, Paul. So you did yeah. a disservice to Brian by by not giving it your all. He could have <laughs> he could have been to bed already if you just would have put your fucking heart into it. Yeah, no shit, man. Put your fucking <laughs> put your heart into it. And not trying to flip it on me, saying, "Oh, I'm trying to get you to bed." No, don't. No, sir. No, sir. You <laughs> you come out there with some energy and some fucking pride. Some fucking pride in the sin of dudes and apple to oranges. I don't know why I'm getting so upset. Not my fucking podcast. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Paul hates me right now. No. Yeah, you. Oh, Paul's. I Paul. Know. Paul no, is. I wasn't trying. I feel bad if you were insulted. I wasn't trying to insult you at all. Paul, man. what did we talk about on the break? It's all for comedic purposes. Saying, Jesus Christ! You, it made a good point. It made a good point. Like you are giving me the time. I. I should have. Yeah. I, I felt bad. Don't feel bad. It's all a joke, buddy. All right. It's, well, then fuck it. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> 
You Can we go back to Ashwinity War, please? Can we please? Yeah, what happened to that guy? What <laughs> happened to that fun to guy? That? Let's, let's blip this part. Now we, yeah. we got, we got, you just sound so sad and defeated. You're right, Brian. <laughs> like, like you got the gun in your, you got the barrel of the gun in your fucking mouth. No. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to, wouldn't that be crazy if I drowned in the tub tonight after this review? That would be wild. Yeah. <laughs> the the irony of it all. Anyway, all right, guys, uh, we'll be back uh, in January with the Tuppies, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, we're putting a lid on it. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.